Hi guys, welcome to Touch by Prayer. I hope you like my new opening. I know I'm working on it, but it's something. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I am so excited. My goodness gracious, we are gonna talk. We're gonna talk about heaven. Oh heck, we're gonna talk about releasing heaven. We are going to talk about portals. We're gonna talk about throne rooms. We're gonna talk about so many things. It's going to make your head explode because the revelation that my guest has is going to blow your mind. It blew mine. So I'm, and I'm so excited because see, sometimes God puts you with the exact perfect person. That's right. He puts you with somebody who knows you, who gets you, and sometimes even has gone the places you've gone to before. Yes, I'm saying it. Working in the same places, having similar names of our children. I mean, come on, even going to Hawaii. You can't make this stuff up. So I am so excited. Okay, this is called Releasing Heaven. My guest is Dr. Candace Smithman. She is she, my gosh, let me just give you her resume because it is so impressive. Okay, so she has not just one, not just one, she has two, two podcasts. One is on Destiny, which is called On the Glory Road. She has one called Manifest His Presence, which is on Charisma. So you can find her on two podcasts. She also has a TV show called The Glory Road. She has a Dream Mentors International, which is a coaching and a biblical class so she can help you and she can teach you. She also is a pastor, an assistant pastor of her church with her husband. Like, does it get any more busier for this woman? So I am so excited to bring on Candace Smithman. Thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. Oh, thank you, Lisa. It's truly an honor to be with you tonight. I'm so excited to be able to share about Releasing Heaven and just watch people be able to tap into the supernatural. I'm so hungry for the supernatural, and um, I have listed so many things in this book to help people really tap into heaven. Well, and that's what we're going to talk about, because what we're coming into as, you know, we've been going through this, and the first thing I want to kind of tap into is the fact that God gave you a revelation about this coronavirus and you actually went on to Sid Roth and you shared what the Lord had shown you. And I think that that's such a great place because it starts to kind of show us where God is taking us because I believe that this coronavirus is going to release heaven. I really believe it has grown our faith, it has grown our understanding, and it has mm. positioned the church in such a way that we're going to start to see the manifestations of heaven here on earth. So I am so excited. So why don't you go ahead and why don't you just kind of share the rest. Lisa, are you there? Yes, I'd be happy to share. So the coronavirus, I um, went on Sid Roth to talk about the fact that it was defeated at Passover. The Lord spoke to me in March and he, he told me, he said, uh, this would be just at the very, very beginning of it. Um, I think the very first report had come out. And he said to me, he said, this virus will be defeated at Passover. And he said, the reason why is because this is the time of year always on the Hebrew calendar when there is a uh, promotion time and there is always plagues. And so I study the Hebrew calendar a lot. And I do a lot of teaching on that. And so I really got this revelation from the Lord about the fact that there is no way this virus can last after we have all gathered together 
in worldwide repentance, and that is the week that we repent and we come before the Lord and we understand the fact that Jesus died, buried, and resurrected that we might have life. And so the actual week of Passover is the week that we remember what he did for us. And so when Sid invited me to come on, we really began to talk about the key to killing and eradicating the coronavirus is to take Passover. So I called for worldwide repentance and taking of communion. And uh, that went out of charisma, a whole lot of other different places, Elijah list. And really what that is, is for our hearts to come into that place of recognizing if we're holding on to anything, any idols in our life, any sin in our life, and really just begin to release that so that we can step into the place of remembering what Christ has done and receiving his complete and total healing for our sins. And ultimately, our death, burial, and resurrection on the cross with him, his shed blood defeated illnesses and sicknesses. And so how can this live past Passover? When you think about the fact that Christians and Jews alike, though Jews do not believe in Jesus as the Messiah, still they took Passover, which is an ancient tradition that comes straight from the word of God and the book of Exodus, the Torah for them. And so I really believed it was a very, very critical time. And we did that. We did that. And and immediately on Passover night at sundown, the president came forth and he said that he was going to reopen the states. So he said it the very night, the very last night of Passover on April 16th. And that was recorded. Now he's left it to the states and the governors of the state to release over a two, three, four week period of time, however they feel uh, their states are. But the fact of the matter is, we've caught the turning point has come. And I'm not the only prophet that said it, Tracy Cook said it, there's many others uh, who stated that, but I don't see how it could have lived beyond that because that was completely the recognition of what Christ has done for us and the fact, and even what, even if, you, even if you're a Jewish and you don't believe in Jesus, you still remember the Exodus and the fact that the Lord took you into a new land and that through the shed blood of the Passover lamb on your doorpost, the angel of death passed over. And it is a time of remembrance for us. So very, very important. And I'm just going to say this. Anytime people are sick, they should be taking communion. Okay. I take communion one to two times a day. I've taken it throughout this entire virus time and I have not been touched by any illness at all. Simply declaring and decreeing what Christ has already done for me. Now I've come under some scrutiny from people. I get email, I get, you know, nasty messages every once in a while. Oh, from, you know, different people that have heard me say that. Oh, so you think this will all be over if I take a communion cracker? And I say, yes, I do. Because that means you're activating your faith. It doesn't mean that you're not to have wisdom and wash your hands and and know where you're supposed to go and do all of those kinds of things. That's a different function. But to kill illness, we have to step into the place where Christ said, remember me and take communion. It is the meal that heals. Amen to that. My goodness gracious. There, There is so many things about the communion. There is... When you, when you start to kind of break it up and you remind yourself that everything was finished, that Jesus said it was finished at the cross, it was finished. So we can sometimes say, well, well, there are people who died. There are people who, you know, perish. And, you know, I go back to that scripture that my people perish for lack of knowledge. And I, I believe that it was Tracy Cook who actually said that the timeline was moved forward. And I think that you and I had a conversation and you said you saw the same 
thing. So why don't you kind of talk about like what you saw? Because I think that that's really important because and that's going to bring us right into releasing heaven because you talk about fixing timelines. Amen. Yes. This morning, the Lord woke me up and he gave me a vision of a, a person that was dead on a table and then like they were in a hospital room and he actually took the defibrillator and he hit them twice. And wow. he said, the flat lines, the flat lines are dying. He says, I'm going to kill the flat line. And the, and the person on the table represented the world. So he was saying, I'm about ready to jumpstart the world to start moving. And he's like, as a prophet of the Lord, I want you to go to tell people, start moving now. Begin to start making change in your life now. Start moving. Get on the phone. Start calling people. Start making your appointments for what's getting ready to come up. Begin to start making personal decisions, family decisions, and, and get yourself up and moving. And I believe within the next couple of weeks, we are going to be moving. Yes. Yes, a few states may be a little bit slower in that respect, but you as an individual by faith can begin the process of moving now. So I, I heard the Lord say, let's get moving. I'm going to jumpstart the universe. Basically. Come on, come on. And you know what's so funny is when I woke up this morning, I felt the shift and I was like, game on. And it's so funny because I called, um, I called Debbie Kitterman, who's a mutual friend of ours. And I was like, okay, let's do this. I was like, I have something. I'm so excited. There's something. It's like game on. Let's do this. It's mm. time to start. So that's just like confirmation for me as what I was hearing because there has been such this heaviness that's been yes. over the body. And it's like people, you know, even myself and I'm, I'm usually an extremely happy peppy person, but for some reason, this was just it, it was just everything was coming down. I mean, the enemy used every tactic that he could. And the places that he went to was the faith. Did God really say that? Mm -hmm. Did God really say that? And I really believe that that that's one of the things that you're going to find in, in her book, Releasing Heaven, is because there are principles. There are things that God talks about that he shares, that scripture so when the devil says, did he really say that? Can you really raise the dead? Can you really do these things? Heck to the yeah, you can. Yes. So, Amen. Okay. So I want to get into the book. Oh my gosh, there's so many things I want to talk about. Okay. So the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about, um, about you preaching in Sin City. That you went with your husband and a bunch of friends in sin city in las vegas okay with all this stuff going on and everybody's there just to have a good time and the lord starts speaking to you and saying i want you to minister to the wives and yes. i love what your husband said because the other husbands were not so happy with this let her do it she knows what she's doing i love that <laughs> i love that so so what why don't you just kind of give just a, a brief little background of like what happened and how it went about well, you know, that particular story, because I share lots of stories in the book, really that story was prompted from the fact that when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you, it doesn't matter where you're at. 
God's power on the inside of you wants to speak forth and to bring that healing and that love to people. And I saw those wives were in so much need. I mean, here, here we are in this place, you know, all the gambling, all the drinking. I mean, it was, it was Sin City, you know, right there. And here I am. And I wasn't at a, at a period of time in my life. This was an early part of my walk. Okay. And, um, and so I had entered in, but I had already made all my commitments to the Lord about the fact that I was going to minister wherever I had to go. And so here I found myself and I said, you know what, listen, I'm going to make the best of this, but God's going to be number one, even in this bar. And so I sat with the ladies, we were in a circle and the men were like behind us, you know, and they were talking, you know, and, and um, I could just see, you know, how much they wanted to know about Jesus and wanted to know about his love. And I just went off and I just started sharing about how awesome he is and how much he loves them and how he loves them right where they're at and how he wants them to turn their lives over to him and how. And I began to prophesy and you know, I prophesied to them, you know, I was walking one woman through a very traumatic time, you know, in front of the others, you know, but I really just could see the souls and I have a real heart for prostitutes, for, um, for those that, you know, um, are, uh, into alcoholism and drugs. I have always uh, been one of those ministers that, ha that is attracted to the rough crowd. And so it was very, very easy for me to kind of go into that place and begin to minister, uh, to these women and not to feel uncomfortable being in that environment. I was there to, I spread the love of Jesus and I knew what needed to be done. And so, um, and I've always been like that, you know, I'll go to the homeless person. I'll go to the, the, the least of them on the streets and lay hands on them and tell them how much Jesus loves them. And so for me, it was nothing um, to just sit in that bar while all of this is going on and just say, wait a minute, Jesus is King. And he has, he loves you so much. And, and if you'll give your life to him. And so they did, you know, they were just like, wow, I, I just had no idea. He was so awesome. You mean, and he doesn't hate me for this. I'm like, no, but he isn't going to expect you to change. But listen, <laughs> let's, we don't have to talk about that right now. Right. Let's just talk about his love for you. And then as he works on your heart, you are no longer going to want to live the way that you're living. And, and the reason that I brought that particular story up is I think that where we are right now is that people are going to be encountering other people in strange environments. And so if you were able to minister in Las Vegas, in the middle of a bar, like that just shows that God can move anywhere. And I really felt like that is something because there are so many people right now that as we've been in this place of rest, that they're trying to, they're trying to kind of figure out, well, how, how am I going to go out? Because, you know, this was a wake up call for our church. This was a wake up call for the bride to wake up. You know, it's like the alarm clock went off and it's almost like Jesus is like, okay, honey, it's time to wake up. It's time to wake up because we got work to do. And so that means going to some of those places. We can't just be ministering to each other in the churches. Sorry. So it's time for us to have those stories, go into those hard places, but know that Jesus is with us. And if he's with us, and this is what he has put on our heart. And see, that's one of the things that I love about you, Candace, is that you actually have said yes and meant it. <laughs> there are a lot of people who say yes, but they don't mean it. But see, you're like, I'm willing to go and do whatever you want me to do, even wherever you say. And, and Jesus is like, okay, I'm going to bring you to Sin City. <laughs> I'm going to take you to Vegas. <laughs> and we're going to just, we're just going to see. And you did. Mm -hmm. it's like yeah, you I did. did. And that's, see, that's where I believe where we start off small. 
that God says, okay, I can trust her there. I can trust her someplace else too. And so, so this, this book, you talk about like your beginning, you talk about um, contending for, for healings. You talk about going to the courtrooms. You, you talk about the, the other part that I loved is when you intercede for people, especially those who aren't so kind to us, like how to pray. That is especially like right now we're, we're with our families and there's a lot of contention in a lot of different homes. Yes. And what I love that you said is that if there is a fight that's brewing or if there's some kind of contention, it's because there's something you're not seeing. And so what you suggest is to ask the father to show how can I pray for this person? And I love that. I thought like, yes, it's not about rebuking the devil all the time. <laughs> you know, we, we you know, we've been taught that, well, you know, we got all about with flesh and blood and powers, and palace. And I get that. But we also are dealing with people. And that's what this time out has really, God has really laid it on my heart. Like we're still dealing with people. So why don't we kind of talk a little bit about how God like really kind of showed you the importance of praying for somebody in a in a in a way that helps to get them free because that's his heart. His heart is not about destroying relationships, but it's about building them even stronger than they were. That's right. And you know, the book titles Releasing Heaven, Creating a Supernatural Environment Through Heavenly Encounters. And, you know, really what I teach in the book is about the importance of allowing heaven to change the environment that you're in. So no matter how contentious your environment, you know, obviously being in, um, you know, a bar in Sin City is a contentious environment. It's a disgusting environment, you know, and but but you don't have to adjust to the environment. You can make the uh, heaven adjust the environment because you're there. And so when you focus on relationship with God and being seated with him in heavenly places and loving on him and letting him love you, that releases the glory into every environment. This is where we do not have to be so focused on binding demonic forces and releasing uh, heavenly things, although that's right and it's in scripture. If you're already in the place of heaven, then all you have to do is speak what's already there and then the forces flee. And so it's another way of doing spiritual warfare too, because obviously a contentious and difficult environment, it's 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 tough and, and you, you see a lot of of the difficulties, you know, it really reveals, tough environments really reveal what we're not believing about God, how we need to change and adjust to him. But if you can keep yourself in that place, seated with him at the royal table, and I talk all about that. Um, and I actually talked this week with Sid, this whole entire week is, is um, I'm on Sid Roth, talking, uh, we did a whole show on releasing heaven and we did a whole show on the Royal banquet table. But if you can stay seated there, it's a matter of allowing God to use you and his love will melt the walls on anybody. 
I mean, if they look you straight in the face and they curse you, but you can see through the cursing and straight to their heart, knowing that they're only cursing because they're broken and they're wearing pride as a covering. And see, Jesus knew these things about humanity. He could see through. He had these like x-ray eyes to see through to the hearts of people. Then you know they're just hungry for God. So what can you bring them that's from heaven? Well, I have a lot of strategies in the book about that. One of those is a releasing the heavenly vat. And that there's vats in heaven in the mansion. In the mansion, there's many rooms, and one of those rooms has the vats, and there's vats of grain, wine, oil, gold, silver, wool, flax, water. All of those are up there, and they're all available to us. And so we can go up at any time and to those vats and get what we need, and we can also get them for the people that are around us that are in need. And so when we live in that place of faith, we can easily speak that, speak that need to the person who we see is, is in this desperate situation and increase their faith to believe God for the things that he has for them also. And so not only will you be able to supernaturally release these things for them and see, because you're interceding for them, you actually have the heart of God for them because God needs somebody to stand in the gap for them. And you're saying, God, this person needs your gold right now. They need your silver. They need financial provision, Lord Jesus. And so going to that place, then God hears your prayer. And then he re you end up going to the place where it's at and you end up releasing it. It's available to us. We just have to know how to release it for ourselves and for others. So there's a lot of strategies in the book that kind of talk about those things. But, but the biggest thing is don't be confused by your environment. Don't be confused. The facts might say that things are tough, but the truth says that he is alive and that you're seated with him and all of the blessings of heaven belong to you right in this moment. Absolutely. And and I want to go back because you started to talk about the banqueting table, because I think that is there is a key about that banqueting table. So why don't you just kind of give everybody an understanding about what it means to be able to be sitting? Because a lot of people don't see themselves sitting at the banquet table. Mm -hmm. They just they can't they don't feel worthy. And it breaks my heart when I see that or, or even feel that that people say, I can't sit with Jesus because mm -hmm. I'm not worthy. And it, it, it just it breaks your heart because Jesus doesn't see that. He sees mm -hmm. them as if you believe in what I've done, that you are worthy to sit with me because I did that so you could sit with me. Because he doesn't, let's put it this way. Jesus doesn't like to dine alone. How about that? No, <laughs> no. no, he doesn't like to dine alone. He died, buried, and resurrected to unite us to him so that we can be seated with him in this royal place, receiving all that he died, buried, and resurrected to give us. So anything less than that hurts him because he says, if I've done all of this for you, why can't you believe in my goodness and my love for you that I have done all this and I want to give it to you? And I'm not giving it to you based on how you think you are or how you think your performance is or whether or not today was a good hair day or a bad hair day. I'm giving it to you because of who I am and I can't help but give it to you because you're my bride and I love you so much and I want you to be seated with me in this place and so all of this is yours and see Lisa our time here on this planet is to learn to be seated with him so that by faith as we live that way he feels encouraged and he returns 
for us, right? We are waiting for his return, the return of the bridegroom. But he's coming back for a mature bride. Well, a mature bride has the time now to be tested in the place of faith of being seated with Christ in heavenly places and keeping your seat, not based on your own self-righteousness or your own worth, but based on his righteousness and what he's done for us. And you see, when we live like that, we make him pleased. He's pleased with us and he rewards those who he's pleased with because those that stay seated with him say, I'm not here because I did good things or right things. I'm here because of what you did and it pleases you, Lord, that I should be here and that I should be an agent of change, releasing heaven into my environment. All the while staying in that place of faith, knowing that it's important for you, God, to touch these people. And the only way you're going to be able to touch them, the only way you're going to be able to care for them is through someone like me who believes and has that level of faith. And I, God, am not going to get out of my seat, but I'm going to stay seated with you because the importance for your kingdom is that I stay in my seat. And I keep getting up and getting down and making all kinds of excuses and saying that today is not a good day for me to do that because don't you know what I did? He says, it doesn't matter what you did, confess it, but get back up in your seat again because I need you with me because I got to impact the world and you're the one I want to use to do that. You know, sometimes if we if we make things sometimes a little, and I'm not saying you, but I'm saying sometimes that, that, that religion has made things very complicated. But if we really start to say, okay, so Jesus is going to be the groom, we are the bride, right? So what do you get as a wife, as a spouse? Well, you have access to all the money. Hey, you can write a check, right? If you need That's something, right. you're able to go into the house and take it. You have authority to sign legal documents as a spouse. That's right. We have to understand that just as it is established here on earth, it's established here in, in heaven. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. You know, we, we, we're like, oh, but we gotta, no, if that's who we're going to be, if we're the bride, we get everything. When I married my husband, I got everything. I got everything he had, he got everything I had. We became one. We, we didn't become two separate people. We became one. We, mish, we, we took our, our finances, we meshed them together. We took our furniture, we put it together. You know, we, we, but we built things together. That's what being in a relationship is, is that you're not doing things apart, mm -hmm. but you're doing things together. So as we start moving as the bride, we have to start to understand, hey, wait a second, I'm going to have keys. I'm going to have keys to get into the mansions. <laughs> I'm going to have, I have, I could drive the car if I want to. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little silly in that, but I'm still saying that we have an authority that as if I say to somebody, my husband has given me authority to say this, I can say it and they're not going to question it because I'm his wife. That's, That's right. the same thing that we have as the bride. So when Jesus says greater things will you do, he meant it because now we've been in a relationship with him. We've been married to him that we can start operating because he said, I've given you my authority. I have given you my power. I've basically given you my seal of approval for you to go out and to do the things. And he said, you shall raise the sick, you shall heal the sick, put your, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. We should raise the dead. And he says, and cast out demons and greater things shall you do. And I believe that because of this reset 
that we have, that we are going to start to see the greater things. Because as you said earlier, when we first started the broadcast, you said that people were coming back into a place because of Passover. They were reflecting and they were repenting. They were yes. remembering. And they came into a place of, of remembrance and they came into a place of relationship. And they also started to, to have a greater understanding of their purpose because everything that we are called to do, God has a purpose in us. So every person has a purpose. Otherwise you wouldn't be here. That's exactly right. We remembered our covenant with him during the Passover time. And really, this is why it's so important to take communion every day, because uh, it really we, we need to take time to remember him. We need to take time to remember that covenant. We need to remember that that covenant is is based on him and what he did yes. and it and his shed blood. And so we're coming in that state of humility. You know, I ask the Lord to wash me every day. I take what's called spiritual mikvah baths. I do teachings on this sometimes. <laughs> I love but it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm part Jewish too. So, okay. so the mikvah really for, for us who are Christians is the baptism, okay? Mm -hmm. But mikvah baths, you can take a soul mikvah bath. And what, what I mean by that is that's where you literally imagine, okay? And, and if you do this every day, you really get clean. You can literally imagine like a, um, you know, uh, um, when you're out doing your lawn and you've got your hose with the water coming out. Okay. Literally imagine that you're being sprayed down all over the inside of your body. Okay. Mm. So spray down your brain cells, <laughs> spray down your brain tree, spray down behind your eyes behind your your nose area now now when you're hearing me say this listen if you're going to take water and you're going to go into all those places inside what you're doing is you're cleaning everything out on the inside of you okay we're always focused on cleaning our body what what gets on the outside of us if you clean what's on the inside of you you won't feel dirty on the outside and, and you will also have the opportunity to clean away sicknesses and illnesses, you know, in, in, in our respiratory, you know, all throughout our muscles, our cartilage, our digestive system, everything. You, we need to take a spiritual mikvah every day, clean it all the way down to your toes, get into every bone, every sinew, every joint, and take a couple of minutes and go through this whole process. And when you're done, you're like, oh my gosh. And then every sinful thought, every sinful action because you know throughout the day we collect stuff you mm. got to give that stuff off of you so if you take some time to take a mikvah bath when you're finished you're like oh my gosh lord and you feel so connected to him there's nothing that's separating you because you've washed everything off and you've washed it off with the word and by believing that, that the water, his water is going all through you and cleaning that up. You know what it reminds me of? This is kind of funny, Lisa, but you know, you know how they sell those neti pots to like clean out yes. your nose and everything? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so seriously. So this is kind of like taking that and going everywhere. So anything mm. that like sticks or is not right, woo, you're gone. You're getting cleansed out in the mighty name of Jesus. And then you can hear better, your mm -hmm. spiritual sense weekend all of a sudden you feel like you are ready and listen folks take a mikvah bath every single day listen do not miss a day you wouldn't miss a day getting in a shower you wouldn't miss a day getting in the bath to, to wash your body don't miss a day washing your soul
That is so good because a lot of people don't understand that what we see, what we hear, what we speak, it, it clogs up our senses. And so we have to protect our ear gates and our, our eye gates. And um, we have to be careful even about the things we have to watch our tongue, especially right now, because there are so many things that, you know, I, I, I heard the Lord saying that the, our words are being weighed. I actually saw an angel who was, I was having a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden an angel was standing near me and had like a, a scale. And I went, oh. and my friend's like, cause she was on the phone and she's like, what's the matter? And I said, our words are being weighed. And she's like, what does that mean? I go, you gotta be careful what you say. You gotta be, and I was like repenting because there is something about that. Like, and it's scripture. It says that he weighs our words. And so that mikvah, oh, I love that. I love that. I think that's so important. And also, when we get clean, you don't want to go get dirty right away. You're going to be careful. That's that's a true word. You are. You are. Anybody who's clean is going to stay clean for a while. That's for sure. And listen, sometimes us getting dirty isn't even about anything that we did. No. It's about the fact that somebody threw something on us. Push. You know, we're like, oh, we're like, oh, what did you just throw on me? Oh. Yeah, how am I going to process that? And then it becomes a part of our identity. Woo, we need to wash that off. You got to keep yourself clean because anything that comes and touches, gets in those boundaries, it's going to affect the way we think. It's going to affect how um, we see ourselves seated with him. It affects all that. So we have to be really conscious of what we allow to come in and, and mess with us. You know, some things just have got to stay out there. And if people are trying to put it on you, that's when you say, nope. I'm going to pray for you, but that stuff's not coming on me. Sorry. That's right. You know, we got to keep ourselves separate from that. So I just threw that in there. That's going to be in my next book. No, no, no. That, no, no, no. Because I, I, I think that's so important. That's so important because what Jesus said, he says, above all things, guard your heart. Yes. Guard your heart. Because what happens is if we allow those things to stick, that we start, our heart starts to shift. It starts to get hardened. So we really have to be careful. And it, and as soon as, let me tell you something, when you, <laughs> when you really start to become sensitive of things in the Holy Spirit, because you've been spending time with the Father, you quickly, even if something is being said and you're not even in the, the area, like I, I am telling you, I have literally heard whispers that people were saying about me and they were, I don't even know where they were. They were in other states, you know, but I heard what they were saying. The Lord let me hear. And the Lord, the reason he did is he said, Lisa, he said, I'm letting you hear because I don't miss anything. He says, and I will tell you so that you know how to pray. Yes. Because there is wisdom at the more knowledge that you get. Because see, when God gives us revelation, he's giving us revelation for, for, some, for us to do something. He's giving us revelation for retaliation. How do we retaliate as, as Christians? We pray. That's yes. it. That's all That's we it. do. That's it. We love, we pray. Done. You know, if, if somebody's like, oh, well, we're supposed to pull out the splinter. No. <laughs> pray. <laughs> Right. before you start judging, because otherwise you can get yourself in a whole lot of stuff, you know, and God is going to give you the words to help somebody get something out of their eye. But it's when we're coming in outside of, out of that prayer time, 
because, you know, Jesus says, I only do what I see my father in heaven do. He rebuked people, but it's because God was telling him they don't get, they're not getting it. They're yes. not getting it. You know, even he rebuked Peter and he says, I'm praying for you so that the devil doesn't sift you. <laughs> yes. You know, Jesus didn't, Jesus could have said to the devil, don't touch him. It was Jesus. Yes. But yes. what did he do? I am praying for you because the devil right. wants to sift you, but I'm praying for you. So that's what we're called to do. That's how Amen. we retaliate. We pray. Amen. And so when we feel something, if we get something, we get a hurt, we get a something, take the mikvah, but go into prayer. Amen. After the mikvah, didn't they pray? Most of the people after they did the mikvah, before they went and prayer. after. Yeah. Yeah. The mm -hmm. whole process is a oh, it's beautiful. process. And listen, you got to pray before because you got to know what you're being cleansed of. Come on. So this is why I'm saying with communion, it's really, really important because you'll sit down with the Lord and he will reveal to you. You know, you'll start to feel, oh, something's not right here. That's not right. Pay attention to, to your saying something's not right and ask him to give you wisdom so you can articulate it. And then he's going to say, don't you remember you were talking with so-and-so and this is what you said. And that's, that's not good because yeah. you just built a wall there, you know, yes. and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh, that, that's what he does. That's what's causing all the stickiness and everything's coming on me. I got to get rid of that. I got to mm -hmm. get rid of that right now. And listen, I'm not talking about repentance for salvation. No. Okay? I'm talking about repentance for continued relationship with him. Everyone wants the benefits of releasing heaven into your environment. But there is, you have to be in that place of being able to hear him, to sense him, to be in fellowship with him, to know that you guys are one. And see, because of sin, because of humanity in, in our blood from Adam and Eve, we have a tendency to walk away. And sometimes we don't realize we walked away until we're way far away. And he's going, hello, hello, you know? So yeah. we, we need to realize, you know, we have to be sensitive to these things. And sensitivity grows the more we become pure in heart. The pure in heart will send the mountain of the Lord and wow. they will come into that close place with him. So I'm always washing myself because for me to be able to hear, for people to get a healing or to retrieve a miracle from heaven for them, I cannot be dealing with sin and people throwing stuff on me or whatever these, I mean, I'm sorry, that's just not part of the game plan because it's more important to see people saved, healed, redeemed, and coming to know him. And so that means I gotta be a channel. You are a you are a, a portal, a glory portal, a heavenly gateway. And I talk about that in the book yes. for God to use. But you have to prepare yourself and stay in that place in order for him to be able to use you. And so that's just one of the ways that spiritual mikvah that kind of keeps me. And I didn't even put that in this book. Like I said, that'll be in my next book. But that was oh, a little yeah. tidbit for today. No, but that's so good. And, you know, I'm also going to say it's like when you you know, there are so many people who say, but well, you know, Candace, you go to heaven, you've been to heaven, you've had heavenly encounters, right? But let's look at some of the other prophets, like Isaiah, for instance, when he went to heaven, he didn't want to speak because he said, my lips are unclean. And so yes. there is something about keeping yourself pure. Yes. There is something about keeping yourself pure. And so that's where we're going to start to see things and, and we're going to be able to access and we're going to be releasing. But even if you look at the Our Father, it says, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? But then yes. what does he say? Forgive us our sins. 
Again, we're going back. Keep us clean. And I forgive those who've done stuff because I want to keep myself clean. That's the key so that you can sit at the banquet table because that's what you're supposed to be. Okay. So I want to go back into the book. I'm sorry. I, I know we yes, kind of amen. a rabbit trail, yes, but I really, right. I felt like that was okay. Anyway. So I wanted to talk about, cause this is my favorite part. You talk about angels and I love angels. So, and you talk about how the angels helped you when you were getting your uh, church. So, and you go back so I want to talk about, because so many people have such a hang up with angelic assistance. And that's what I'm going to call it. It's angelic assistance. Yes. yes. And actually, I'm going to do a little plug again for the show I just did with Sid this whole sure. week. Because there, he's actually selling the book with the two, two CD set that I did on angels. Angels on assignment oh, completely. On. The come whole on. thing. And also fire angels. How to participate with fire angels for healing. Okay. And so it's, it's, so I'm just doing a little plug there. You have to okay. go to SidRoth.org to get, to get that. Absolutely. But, but I do have a CD on my site called Dispatching Angels, but here's the deal with angels, which is real quick. Angels are on assignment from God to accomplish kingdom purpose. All right. Say that angels, again. Okay. Angels are on assignment from God to accomplish kingdom purpose. So good. We Humans are on assignment to accomplish kingdom purpose. That's right. All we do is join forces with them, the angelic beings, who respond to the word of God. The word of God spoken, the word says that angels hearken to the word of God. So if you can imagine angels, it's kind of like being at a table and having a meal with the family. And there are angels that are behind you. They're like waiters, okay? So, so when you're at a table with your family and you go out to a restaurant, there's always a waiter, especially if it's a really good expensive restaurant, there, there is a waiter that is waiting for your every move. And when you get finished with your soup, they're right there to bring your first course, okay? Or your second course, your entree. And so, uh, the waiters that God assigns to us, that the angels are waiters that God assigns to us. And so they're waiting for command. So right now in the lives of those people that are watching this program, you have an angel that is assigned to you that is a guardian angel. But you also have other angels that are assigned to you to accomplish the plan and purpose that God has given you an assignment for. And they're with you to hear the word that you speak so they can join you in the assignment that God has given you. And so as we grow in the word of God and the Lord uh, sets us apart for an assignment, we're uh, uh, consecrated and set apart and we know what we're called to do, He, God will assign us angels to accomplish that very thing. And when we speak the word of God, they will come alongside us to accomplish the word of God, just like waiters, come alongside in a restaurant and make sure they take care of your meal. So no matter what, when you speak the word of God, an angel is going to come and hearken to that word because they're responding to God's word. So we don't have to pray to angels. All right. We pray to God and we speak God's word, but they're there to help accomplish the word that is spoken and the assignment that God has given us. And so that's, what's really, really important. I think people get freaked out about angels because they, they get things out of order and because they've heard people say, Oh, you know, I talked to my angel and blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. I, I'm not here 
to cast any kind of stones in that area or say anything other than the fact that when you speak the word of God, your angel is going to respond. All right. Mm -hmm. Now, there's nothing wrong with thanking your angels, because if you know they're there and I know your angels are there, you can thank them that they're participating with you in order to accomplish the plan. You know, you can ask for help from God and for him to send your angels to come and do what needs to be done. Because, God, you asked for this to be done and I need some supernatural help. And there is plenty of scriptures on this. And I do this huge teaching uh, on the on the fire angels and everything that's uh, on my website, but even more so on SIDS thing, all about the fact that, that angels are ready to participate with you. They are on an assignment. And this is where we got to get our, get our minds straight. They're there no matter what. The question is, do you want to engage with God and them to accomplish the plan? Because God's given you angels to accomplish the plan. I don't know about you, but I want to know who my angels are and I want to be able to work with them. I work with angels all the time when it comes to healing. When I, when I go into conferences or events and I'm like, God's speaking to me, this ailment, this issue, you know, God says this person, he gives words of knowledge. Well, I tell you right now, I dispatch angels to go and take care of that situation right there. I dispatch fire angels, go take care of this right now and touch them exactly where they need it in the mighty name of Jesus. I know those angels are there, so I'm going to participate with them. And I feel that it honors God that we participate with our angels because it says by faith, we believe that they are there and they do want to come alongside us. It's the same thing in, in relation to the Holy Spirit and into in our relationship with God. If you believe God is there, if you believe Jesus Christ came, died, buried, and resurrected for you, if you believe in the supernatural and in angels, then participate with them because that's uh, that's activating your faith. Your faith says they're there. The word says they're there. Your faith is in action. With when you dispatching them, you're saying, I believe they're there. And so God, by faith, let them go and take care of the assignment alongside me or wherever it is that I send them on your behalf, Lord. That's so good. Because honestly, that's that's one of the things that has started to kind of shift. I believe that more people are going to, I actually, I, I had a vision that I saw that people are going to start capturing angelic assistance that they're going to start capturing it because it's becoming, as we start to engage with the supernatural, we are going to start to see the supernatural come more to life because that's what we, God is always looking for us to engage with him. So as we engage, you know, when if you are believing like for healing on something, you know, unless you start and step out, you're not going to see it. You're just not. But it's so it's the same thing. It's like, well, I've never really seen angels. Well, really, have you have you really asked? Have you asked the Lord to reveal? It says that we have the, the gift of discernment and people misunderstand what discernment is. Discernment is to recognize if we have if it's a demonic spirit or if it's yes. a godly spirit. So if mm -hmm. you start to feel I can feel the atmosphere shift when an angel comes in and as you press into it, you start to see what you focus on. You start to see more and more. And it's like, and God will give you little glimmers and shimmers that they're there. But there are so many angels who are waiting to be asked to participate because they can't, we have free will. And that's and you know, the other thing. 
Go ahead. Lisa, I want to share this for just for this season for people. Absolutely. We just came through Passover. One of the seven blessings of Passover in Exodus chapter 23 is that God will assign an angel to you. Come and this on. angel will take you into the new land that God has set aside for you. And that new land, okay, has enemies that are in it, right? And you're going to possess that land and you're going to occupy that land. But this angel's been sent by God to help you go into this new land. So I just want to speak to the people right now. Come on. God has assigned an angel to you just to get you to the new assignment, the Come new on. place that God is calling you to in this season. And this season goes between Passover and the Feast of Tabernacles, which is going to happen in the fall. So in this season, there was an angel that's been assigned to you. It would do you well to ask him the name of that angel and how you can participate with that angel in order to bring you into that land. Listen, I didn't say this. Read Exodus chapter 23 for yourself. I just happen to know that at the end of the Passover is when he speaks this to the people and says, I've assigned an angel to you to take you into the new place. Well, folks, we just ended the Passover. He's assigned an angel to you to take you into the new land. And the new land for you is the new assignment that God has given you in order to take property, take whatever it is that God has set aside for this season for you and is going to take angelic help to do that. And so read Exodus chapter 23, verses 20 through 33, and that'll give you the seven blessings of the Passover. And the first one is that God is going to assign an angel to you. That is so good. I can feel the fire in my belly. That's so good. <laughs> and I love like earlier when you were talking about that, there's always a great battle before there's a promotion. Yeah. There's always, always a, always a great battle. And the, the thing mm -hmm. that you're battling the hardest in is where you're going to be promoted the most in. So like That's sometimes right. you'll go through different levels of dealing with stuff. And it seems like, didn't I go through this? That was one level you have to. Ooh. <laughs> okay. Um, the, yeah, there's an angel. Angels. It just, yeah, it just popped up. I was like, wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, sorry. That's what uh, happens when you talk about angels. They start they showing pop up. up. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, I just like, whoa. So, sorry. Um, but, <laughs> um, but one of the things is that where you're getting hit the hardest, you're getting, so it's a new promotion. It's a new, the same assignment, different level. That's right. And so, That's you right. know, you're going to need different angels to help you too. Because it's just like when you go up in ranks in like the military, you know, you have different assignments, but you're still in the military. So I just kind of felt like that, that there's, there is such a shift. And I agree with what you're saying that this is going to be, it's going to be a quick, quick shift. And then as we're starting to see the shifting, we're going to start to see more signs, wonders, and miracles, which brings me into my next thing, because you have a chapter about Jesus and healing, because I think that this is this is what the church needs to understand more than anything else because when when the lord started to have me lay hands on people and then people kind of started getting healed i was like okay i guess it works okay so i just you know i just kept going but there are so many people who try and try and try and try and they don't get the results but there's but I believe in that trying process is that God is breaking down the barriers. It's not because he doesn't want to move, but he's breaking down those barriers and that person so that they have a free, because then all of a sudden, like if you listen to Todd White, for instance, like he tried and he tried and he tried and he tried. And then all of a sudden he popped and then it was like, everybody got healed. 
And so now he has such faith that anybody who comes to him, he's like, dude, bro, bro, I can like heal you. Bro, bro Jesus is going to heal yes. you today. Like he's going to like That's totally right. heal you. <laughs> so That's let's right. talk about like your experience in healing. Yes, you know, my experience in healing, um, I, I manifested a lot of healing early on uh, when I first, and it was just kind of like, you know, one of those things where it's like, I didn't understand. There was not any theology behind it. It was just kind of like, it just ha would happen. But then I went through different phases of my walk with God where I began to learn different things. And I wasn't always putting an emphasis on healing or contending for next levels of faith or for miracles or anything. Well, then later God brought that around to me. And it was almost like he took me to a next level where he's like, Re remember that I have called you to heal others of sicknesses and illnesses and all kinds of things, you know? And I was like, yes, Lord, I remember that. So it's kind of like I had to make another commitment at that level to him. And I had grown in my faith a lot. And I began to start having a desire to really start to step out. And I um, just began to start uh, believing him when I would hear a word of knowledge and he would speak to me, you know, this person, you know, um, is having a back injury. This is person's having a heart situation, diabetes, you know, whatever it is. So I'd hear him speak these things to me and then I would call them out and I would say, you know, the Lord says, you know, that he's going to heal somebody today of this or that. And then boom, sure enough, they would be healed of it in an instant. Well, I also then began to understand in participation with angels, when I began to understand how fire and healing are connected to one another. And I speak about that a lot in the book. I talk about how the woman with the issue of blood, when she came through the crowd and she was headed for Jesus, it says when she touched his garment, and that word touch is the word uh, harpazo. And really what that means is that that word touched means fire. She attached herself to him. It says attach yourself, okay? And then it goes to a root of fire. So that attaching to him and the fire brought forth the healing. Well, the Lord began to speak to me about the fire angels. And he says, every time that uh, you that you are in an environment for healing, he says, the fire angels are present. You just need to call on them. And they will begin to put fire on the places that you call out. Well, sure enough, that's what began to start happening. It was, it was very, very supernatural. Well, it first started out the people's backs uh, we're, we're getting, you know, straightened, you know, spinal issues. Um, people were starting to, you know, stand up straighter. I had, you know, one woman, she stood up, you know, a good couple of inches, you know, uh, people getting out of wheelchairs, they would start to get out of wheelchairs and start running around the sanctuary. So these are the first real heavy miracles I saw, you know, right before my eyes, I was like, wow, but I still hadn't seen blind eyes see or deaf ears hear. And so I said, Lord, so God began to lay on my heart to start praying for that. I began to start entering in, began to start praying for that. Before I knew it, God would say, this, I'm calling now for blind eyes to see. And people would come up to the front and they would be having all kinds of difficulties with their eyes and boom, they would see. Or he'd say ears that are, you know, need some kind of he uh, healing. Boom, people would be healed right in the meetings. And then I was like, whoa, this is next levels, right? Well, now I'm praying for a whole other next level of healing and miracles, um, which which I know is going to come because I've already been praying for it. And the Lord told me, pray for this because he intends to do it. So he's starting to give me secrets from heaven 
on how he does certain things, okay? And, and as I get greater revelation about that and how the angels will work with that, then really I enter into that place with him in that moment, whatever that moment is, and I listen to him. And if he says, this is what I want to do, then I just do what he says. So I'll be ready for the next move, whatever that is. And when he says, I want to heal this person of this, I just call it out, whatever it is. Even if it's some of the more difficult things, I'm going for it. It doesn't matter because I'm willing to be a fool. And see, I think this is the key. Most people are too concerned about whether or not they're going to come out being the healer that made the difference. This is the great thing about Todd White. He didn't care if he was a fool or not. And anybody who wants to be used of God in healing and miracles has got to put aside their own self and has got to know that it is time to step into a realm where if, if something doesn't happen, who cares? In other words, it's not about you and it's not about your face. It's about Jesus and what he chooses to do. And so we stand in faith and we move forward with that and we allow God to do what what we know he will do, but my, but I know he wants to heal people. So I don't question anymore. There's phases that we go through in our faith where we're like, well, maybe he won't heal this person or maybe he won't do that. I don't think that way anymore because I've read too much scripture and I know too much about who he is. If he's there, it's his intention to heal. He is willing. He is able and he is willing. And then you just have to know how to work with him through word of knowledge on his able and his willing. And then you'll begin to see the miracles happen. And so that's where I'm at today. There's, I'm actually going to be um, speaking at the Scandinavian Faith Convention in June uh, in, in Sweden. And, um, you know, I'm expecting a lot of healing and miracles there. Now when God calls me to go and I go to different countries frequently, um, I, I'm expecting, I know that he's going to do miracles. And there are people that come from, from all over and God does his miracles. He just does them, you know. Um, but I'm ready for next levels. I'm never satisfied at the level I'm at. I want to get to the next level, so. Absolutely. I mean, I'm ready for the more. How about you? Amen. Amen. I'm ready for the more. That's kind of how I feel. It's like there has to be, there has to be more. And it's very interesting because the first one of the uh, the miracles that Jesus said is with um, the man who said, he says, he says, can are you willing? And Jesus responds is yes, I'm willing. I'm willing. And we, we sometimes will, because we don't see it, it destroys our faith. And we think, well, maybe he wasn't willing. Maybe this was too big for Jesus. How could it be too big for Jesus? I mean, come on now. But see, this is the biggest problem is that sometimes we in our theology keep asking God to do this or Jesus to heal this person. And Jesus is like, dude, I gave you the authority. <laughs> like okay. I'm in, see, this is the thing. Somebody, somebody gave me this, um, this understanding. They said that God is spirit. Okay. And he is in heaven and Jesus is in heaven. Holy spirit is in heaven. And so the law is that on earth as it is in heaven. So we have to be the hands and feet. We have to be the ones who do the things and do the work that the father tells us to do because he calls us his children. And, you know, just like Jesus said, he just modeled everything for us. So I'm just really, I'm excited because I really believe that we're going to start to see some of the, some of the more, because there have been so many things that happen in other countries. So many things that happen in other countries. I actually put up your link to the Sid Roth thing. So I'm hoping that works, but we'll, we'll see after yeah, I put it on the link. So, and if not, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it back up again because I really want people to watch it, especially because if um if it's going to help them to understand 
about how we partner, if it's going to help them to understand how we can release heaven. You know, we, we're all a part of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is a very big kingdom. It's not our kingdom. It's not my, it's not my dumb. It's his dumb, <laughs> his Amen. kingdom. And so, you know, that's, that's part of the thing. So let me just ask you, so what was your takeaway after writing this book? Like, because, you know, writing a book is a daunting task and you've written other books, but this book in particular, this one, this is really saying, this is what I believe. This is what I've seen. This is like, this is the rubber meeting the road. This is, you know, it all. when I finished the book for me, my heart, my heart just cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I want everybody that picks up this book. Cause I know I scribed it from heaven. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I had a whole experience with God for, with every single chapter. And I said, you know, Lord, more than anything, I just want people to have the confidence to release heaven into um, their most difficult of circumstances. And I want them to have the uh, faith, the faith of God. When, when they finish it, I want them to grab a hold of the faith of God, not just faith in God, but to have God's faith for the change that, uh, that he wants to see happen in their lives. Um, and I, I really just sought him so much that there would be an impartation that everybody that got the book would receive an impartation to release heaven into their atmospheres. And I'm getting reports now that people are receiving impartation when they buy the book. They are um, reading through it. They're having great revelations. I've had prophets call me and say, oh, my gosh, I cried through the whole thing. You know, I learned so much. You know, I mean, these these are people, you know, that are gifted of God, you know, but they said there's just a wealth of information in there. And that's what I wanted. But see, it's it's heaven on paper. I, I did the best I could to, to describe heaven and, and put heaven on paper so that people could grab a hold of the word and by faith what heaven is, what heaven represents, the goodness and the beauty of Jesus, the, the glory of God in every respect, and be able to work that out in the earth today. And so that's just my prayer for everyone who gets a chance to get the book, that you would just come into that place of receiving impartation, that your eyes would open, that your spiritual senses would come alive, your ears, your smell, your taste, your touch, would you begin to see in the spirit realm that you'd begin to grab a hold of the promises of God, that you would walk in a new level of faith, that you would begin to start having heavenly encounters for yourself everywhere you go, that your heart would learn to be in that place of staying pure and holy before God, that you would see yourself as a gateway and a portal um, straight from heaven, that God wants to, to impact his world and you are just that important to his plan and his uh, process for the kingdom. And so I'm just hoping that that's what people get. So that's my big takeaway. There's so much in this book, but just walk away with it. Get yourself a copy so that you can say, wow, I received it and get a pen and mark, mark it up, mark it yeah. up. <laughs> so. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. I'm like, okay, I have to, I'm going to have to come to Florida because honestly, like I got questions. I got some questions that I need to have uh, answered. That's what I need. I have, I have mm -hmm. some serious questions that need to be answered because there is such a level of faith that you have. There is a, such a, um, a, a pure understanding of the heavenly things that they, I, I sometimes think that, you know, we haven't been taught. And this book has opened up my eyes to so much, 
so much. I mean, especially because I, I see gold dust, but I didn't understand. I didn't understand the vats. I didn't understand how there are things and and even I I had this dream. And in this dream, I was I was ministering to this person and I said, Don't you realize that that there's a portal right next to you? And they said, What? And I reached right in and I pulled something out because I do believe that we are going to be able to start opening up portals. Look, that we're we're we have to we have to understand it. We have to say, okay, there are people who do dark magic. There are people who do dark things, but they are doing it. The church isn't using the gift. They are counterfeiting our gifting. Hello. They've taken our money. They've taken our currency and they've, they've turned it and counterfeited it, but they're using it where it's yes. been given to us as sons and daughters. And we're just sitting here going, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I believe that. Well, get over yourself. Yes. This is, I really believe that the, that because we were talking about the timeline, that this coronavirus came because and it came at this particular point because the bride wasn't ready for it. But mm -hmm. I believe that after this, I believe that we are starting because I heard the Lord say, she's rising up. He's woken her up. Just like the alarm clock went off and it's like, okay, honey, now it's time to wake. It's time to wake up. And I saw even in the, as I was praying a couple of days ago, I saw the bowl in heaven that it talks about in Revelation. The bowl of the saints where we pour in our prayers mm -hmm. and God is moving on our behalf. Don't think for an instance that this is staying. This is not staying because of your word, because of other prophetic voices, because of the things that I've been hearing, we have to all say, okay, I'm going into the secret place. I'm asking for answers. You know, it says that that we have to take things by force, by, by storm, but we're supposed to go boldly before the throne room. Not like, you know, not servants, we're sons and daughters. That's why I think in Romans eight, it's so important that the sons and daughters arise this is our time. This is what is going to be needed in this particular time. And it's going to be your book. It's going to be your teaching. It's going to be others' teachings and books. And it's going to be the conferences that aren't just going to make you feel good, but are going to start to change from within. They're going to start to change. They're going to bring warriors. They're going to bring, bring people who have just been sitting in the back who were like wallflowers and turn them into mighty warriors of God, who are going to believe my God, just like David said, you filthy Philistine, <laughs> you yeah. know, you are going down. You are going down and I don't need to have the full armor because I got these stones. And guess what? God helped me kill a bear and help me kill a lion and you're going down. That's the kind of faith that I believe is rising up. And that's why I believe that your book for right now, I mean, it was released at such a perfect time. My goodness, doesn't God have perfect timing? And even like your the whole interview with Sid Roth about the angels, it is such perfect timing. Okay, so let's talk about some of the things. You start talking about a conference that you're going to be doing. Let's, um, and you also... There's other podcasts that that people can listen to. And also, if they're interested, I want to talk about, because we didn't kind of talk about it, but you also have a school of the supernatural that you're starting, which heck to the yeah, I want to hear about. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the School of the Supernatural just started. And my first course in the School of the Supernatural, I'm going to be uploading uh, courses frequently. But the very first one is called Soul Transformation, Your Personal Journey. And it is a six-week uh, course. And it goes along with my book called Soul Transformation. And why did I start there? The Lord said, start with Soul Transformation because so many people want to walk in signs, miracles, and wonders. But what they don't understand is the foundation of how I, I transform the soul into the likeness of my son. It's very, very important for people to understand how to be victorious and to live the resurrected life. When they grab a hold of those things, then they're going to be able to step into those next levels of seeing signs, miracles, and wonders. And so my very first class is Soul Transformation. And if you go on my website at candicesmithman.com, you can uh, just you know click on that. There's also a free preview of class number two. So if you click on it, you can scroll down to class number two and you can actually watch that one yourself. You can watch the video. But it comes with the book. Um, and the book is, I don't know, it's uh, like 150 pages or something, but it's like a Bible study. So I clearly walk you through some really incredible teaching about how to stand against the enemy, how to live victoriously, um, how to position your identity uh, in Christ so that you can be the glory portal that God's called you to be. So that's the first one. But I have a whole lot of other classes that are coming, and there's a long list of them. And so I'll be putting them up uh, here and there. Destiny Image is also getting ready to come out with a new class, um, for, I don't know, in the next week or so. It's called uh, Releasing Heaven into Chaos, Crisis, and Fear. And so uh, it's, a, it's a special ebook that's a supplement to Releasing Heaven. It's about, I don't know, 30 or 40 pages, something of that sort. But it's also videos are with it too. So look out for that. And then Charisma is going to be um, taking uh, some of my courses too as well. And they're going to be um, using those in, in a variety um, of different ways. So I have a, a quite a few different outlets for my classes, but I, I teach a lot on on, uh, on these subjects. And so um, more people come into, into the School of the Supernatural, they'll be really starting to, uh, to learn to lift their faith and really begin to walk in healing and walk in miracles. But it is a process. I mean, and then people can pick their classes as they go, but I'm always going to keep transformation as the first course and then my dream mentors uh university uh, my dream mentors is a transformational life coaching institute and that's for people that want to learn to be good disciplers or to be biblical life coaches or transformational life coaches and that's a credentialing school so after you go um you take four classes in the school it's kind of a rigorous program and you're, you're uh you go through the classes with a trainer and when you're finished you come out with an actual credential in biblical life coaching or transformational life coaching, which is good for you if you want to start your own business, your own coaching business. And uh, and those classes are great also. And you can go um, on my website for that too and click on the Dream Mentors link and you can learn more about Dream Mentors. I know myself, um, I have a, a doctorate of ministry in Christian counseling, but long before I went to school to get my Christian counseling degree, um, they, I was involved in lay programs that really helped understand counseling and coaching. And so... Um, these courses are like highly accelerated lay programs, but you get a credential with them. So you're going to walk away with the confidence of knowing, hey, I took classes and I know how to sit down with somebody and walk them through situations and problems, you know, in their families, individual problems, you know, um, there's healing components that are involved with that too. And so that's just for those people that want to advance their education, but want to get uh, more confident in their church environment or in their home environment, learning how to help people through problems. That's awesome. And I do want to share one more thing, which I hope it's okay. But um, somebody, a little birdie told me that there might be a program that's going to be coming to the It's Supernatural Network. 
And that's going to be a program that you're going to be doing. So sh I'm not supposed to be saying anything, but you know, we're all friends. So <laughs> why don't you, why don't you go ahead and, and just kind of share a yes. little bit about that? Cause that's really exciting. Yeah. Sometime this summer, I'm going to start filming for the It's Supernatural Network. And so the Glory Road will be um, produced by the It's Supernatural Network. And so you'll start to see my shows come up on uh, on that actual network probably this fall. So I hope to be taping sometime this summer, but all this stuff has gotten pushed back. But we're just speaking life into it. And Absolutely. I'm going to an opportunity to tape my first 14 shows this summer at ISN. And then you'll have the opportunity to watch uh, every week a new um, Glory Road show that will also be talking about, uh, I'll not only have guests on, but I'll also have tremendous amount of subjects on, on faith, healing, um, you know, just everything you can imagine. So there'll be a lot of teaching on there. So yeah, so thank you for, uh, for sharing that. Absolutely, this has been, this has been so great. My goodness, there, I, I could spend, I could spend a couple days just talking to you because the information that you have is just, as I said in the beginning of the show, mind blowing. It is so good. It really is. And this has just, I hope that you guys have been really getting so much out of it. You definitely want to get the book, um, Releasing Heaven. Here it is. And it's, um, it is creating a supernatural environment through heavenly encounters. And it is fantastic. It is, it is just one of those things that it's, going to really serve you well because it's going to give you ideas it's going to help to build your faith it's going to give you stories i truly believe that one of the things that jesus was so good at was storytelling and i think as you hear stories you start it starts to stir something up in you there's something about when you hear a good story you remember it you can retell it but it also stirs something so there's lots and lots of stories and and practical applications because there's also there's some like Go ahead and activate. There's an activation in here. I mean, seriously, it is it is really that good. But I would love for you, if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind just like praying for, for those who have been watching and those who are going to watch at a later time. You bet, you bet. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of the program and share my heart. And Absolutely. I just want to pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for all those that are watching. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're taking them to greater and greater places in you. That I just pray and ask right now, Father, there be a supernatural activation, Lord, where they would begin to see themselves seated at your royal table, Father. That that seat there is a seat that you bought for them, Father. That in front of them, Lord, is a chair that has their name on it. There's a gold plate, Lord, a huge gold dish that has their name on it, Lord. That there is a golden goblets in front of them, Lord Jesus, and golden utensils. There is a, a, a the bread of revelation is at the table, Lord Jesus. I thank you for all the fruits, Father, the golden lampstands, Lord, that burn the oil from the vats, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the bowl that sits in front of them that has the oil in it, Father, that they can dip their hands in or dip their bread in Lord Jesus Father I thank you Lord that, that you have treated them like royalty Father because that's how you see them Lord I thank you Father that that um you have this great love for your people Lord and that you releasing joy right now into their lives Father I just thank you Lord for release of joy right now Father that your glory would just fill them right where they're at Father I thank you you've assigned them an angel Lord and this angel Father has a special name Lord and that you will speak this to the people in the night Lord Jesus that even when they go to sleep Father, they're going to have dreams and visions of their angel. They're going to hear the name of their angel, Father. And I thank you that they're going to learn to participate in confidence with their angels to see the transformation that's before 
uh, each one of us, Lord, the, the beauty, Father. And, I, you know, I just want you to take a moment, just take a moment and see him seated at the table. He's wearing white and gold. He has a gold sash. He's, he's wearing all white and he has a gold crown on his head. And he lifts the gold goblet and he laughs. He laughs. Mm. When he laughs, the glory of the Lord just comes into the place and shapes it. And you mean so much to him. He will even get off of his seat and come around and grab another one and sit down and talk to you. You are that important to him. And so God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that we are that important to you. And it, it gives you great honor when we just step out, Lord, and be those glory portals for you, Father. We release heaven. I ask you, Lord, to give each and every person the faith to release heaven. Now that they have seen you and they've been seated with you in heavenly places because you bought their seat, Lord, I ask you, Father, to use them in a mighty way and that, that your glory would be released through them into the toughest atmospheres, Father. And listen, I see people fighting in their homes. I see difficulty between husbands and wives. I see issues with children, but I see each one of you being able to release the glory with love. I see a mother bending down to her son and being able to speak kindly to him and having the son respond in the glory. I see a husband responding to a wife's love. I see a wife responding to a husband's love and that this love is greater than the argument. Don't let your pride stand in the way. He had no pride that we might live. And so, Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that you're bringing us to that place, God. Just fill our hearts with your love and with your glory. Help us to stay pure, Father. Teach us to, to wash off the sin every day and to take communion. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father. I thank you for healing. I, I hear that God's healing somebody right now. I see somebody um, has something under their rib cage, like up high, um, maybe even attached to their esophagus or their diaphragm. You've been having trouble breathing. And so, Father, I just speak life right now to the diaphragm area, Lord. Let them begin to breathe with ease again lord i thank you father i thank you jesus we just dispatched fire angels lord I, I i there's somebody that um in their left leg they have this extreme pain in their left leg in their left leg thigh father i thank you lord i ask you to dispatch the fire angels right now to come and bring fire to that place lord and bring healing right now in the name of jesus there's somebody that is having a pain underneath their left um uh, shoulder blade. Father, I ask you right now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father, that you would come and heal that spot. Just begin to rub it right now in the name of Jesus. Just release the fire angels to rub in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I want everybody to put your hands up. Put your hands up right now. I'm just going to speak fire over your hands. Father, I thank you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I ask you, Lord, to release fire to the hands of those that are up right now, Lord. Let the fire angels touch their hands let their hands come on fire right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Right now, fire to the hands, fire to the hands. I thank you for impartation right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you. Woo. Hallelujah. <laughs> Feel your hands on fire. <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As soon as you said that, I was like, woo. Okay. Oh, God, you're so good. We thank you, Lord. We thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for healing hands. We thank you, Father, for the fire angels that work alongside you that are waiting to come and to touch those who are in need, Father. Lord, I ask for financial provision right now. I ask for the vats of heaven to open and for gold 
and and uh, silver to come forth, Lord Jesus. I see uh, somebody right now is having their mortgage paid. They're having their rent paid. I don't know if somebody's going to come and they're just going to pay your mortgage and your rent in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I praise you and I thank you, Lord, that somebody's keeping their house and mortgage and rent is going to be paid in the mighty name of Jesus. Woo, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We ask for grain from heaven, Lord Jesus. Release the grain. The grain is revelation. Release the revelation that what we heard tonight, Father, what we what we read in your word becomes life. It becomes the bread of life to us, Father, and it changes and transforms who we are. Increase our faith in Jesus' name. Whoa. Amen. So good. So Hallelujah. good. Heck yeah. This was so good. <laughs> this was so good. Okay, guys, you want to get your copy. It's Releasing Heaven, Creating a Supernatural Environment Through Heavenly Encounters. Ooh. This has been just unbelievable. I knew it was going to be. I knew it was going to be. <laughs> so thank you so much. If you guys are interested, you can find um, CandiceSmithMN.com. You can go to her website. You can get your book. I know that some people have already purchased it because they've already said they have. You can also follow her um on the podcast on uh destiny which is uh on the glory road sorry and then for christmas podcast it's uh, manifest his presence you can also find her on this week's sid roth it's supernatural you can go to your local broadcaster and see what match should be airing you can also go to their um they have an it's supernatural i think it's uh, an app that you can get so you can catch all your shows um, from Sid Roth. A lot of people who um, I'm friends with have been on Sid Roth. So how fun is that? So you can always catch up on some of his latest stuff. Um, definitely, especially in this trying time, you want to put people around you and listen to people who can stir up your faith. And so, and that is exactly who you are, Candace. Thank you so much for coming on Touched by Prayer. This has been such an honor and such a privilege to get to know you. You are so awesome. And I'm so excited about what God is doing in your life. And I'm so excited to see where he's taking you. Amen. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate it. It was truly a blessing and an honor to be on here with you. And I can't wait to hear the testimonies. I did forget to say this. I do offer mentoring too. So for those yes. of you who go on my side, I have a whole area just for mentoring too as well. But listen, Lisa, thank you. Anytime. I would love to do anything with you. Thank you so Heck much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for tuning in. Next week, I, my goodness gracious, I have a surprise. I'm not quite sure if I can really reveal it yet, but it's coming. So thank you guys for tuning in. Remember to come to my website, touchbyprayer.com. You can see a podcast. You can go to my podcast, which is on uh, Podbean. You can also go to my YouTube channel, which is Touch by Prayer TV. And just for those who are still interested, Daddy's Girl is coming. That's right. It's going to be for Father's Day weekend, June. What is it? The 19th, the 20th, and the 21st. We just confirmed the date. So we are just praying and believing that we are going to be able to come together to celebrate. Guess what? Father's Day. Come on. Really? Daddy's Girl, Father's Day. He's so good. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning in again. If you guys are interested, you can go to CandiceSmithMan.com. You can find out all the information about her shows. You can follow her also on Facebook. She has Facebook. She's also on Instagram and I believe also on Twitter, correct? Yes. Awesome. So you definitely want to sign up, get some mentoring, get a copy of her latest book. Make sure that you Tune in, check out all she's doing, share this broadcast with your friends. 
Thanks again, guys. And just remember to go out and touch someone. God bless and good night.